This is producer Michael Miracle. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. Be sure to check out our website at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com for all of our past shows and podcasts, plus Jim's blogs, reading recommendations, and tons of great I Work For Him resources. All available at iworkforhim.com. And now, today's broadcast. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hey, thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him today. And however you're hearing the show today, Understand that we have prayed for you ahead of time, that we have just asked the Lord to dig deep into your soul, that something we talk about today will cause you to be better able to connect what you hear on Sunday with what you do in your day-to-day job. No matter what that job it is, understand this, it is not by chance. The Lord has you specifically in that workplace because the people that you work with, they need to meet Jesus and you may be their only chance. But we're answering this question today. Is there an upside to adversity? Have you ever wondered why bad things seem to happen to, seem to, happen to good people? Why do Christ followers seem to always go through tough times? Why does God protect why doesn't God protect us from those painful experiences? He's all powerful, so he could, we know that, but why doesn't he? One of the most powerful stories of adversity is the story of Joseph. He had a special calling in his life, but he got sold into slavery. Then he got accused of rape. Then he got thrown into prison. How's that all fair? That's not fair! Today, we're going to talk with Oz Hillman. Oz Hillman wrote a book called The Joseph Calling, and it's all about the parallel between the life of Joseph and the parallel between what God does in our lives when he has a calling in our lives, but he needs to take us through an experience so that he can take us from who we are to who he can use more effectively. Oz Hillman, welcome back to I Work For Him. Hello, Jim. How are you doing? It's always good to talk to you, my friend. One day, I'd like to do this sitting across the face, face-to-face with you right there in Atlanta. That's my goal. One day, we're going to do this. <laughs> we'll do it one day. Oz, before we get talking about your book today, which comes out June 1st, The Joseph Calling, we're going to give away a couple of copies on the air today. Those will be like way in advance copies, like super advanced, although people won't get it before June 1st. But we're giving them away today. Talk to me about... Actually, it's already out, Jim. Oh, they I, came out a little early. Oh, so I didn't know that. Oh, so these, aren't, Ill- out. So these yeah. aren't illegal copies. I thought I had they're like some... <laughs> um, I thought I had some really special stuff, and now I don't feel, I don't feel as good <laughs> about myself anymore. Yeah, oh, man. Okay, so talk to me about how the message of I Work For Him resonates with you. Well, Jim, uh, you know, it's so important that we help believers out there understand that what they do... You know, uh, every day of their lives is spiritual. And, uh, you know, we need need people like you that are uh, talking that, uh, talking to the people out there to help encourage them that their work is a ministry. And we know that in the Bible says Colossians 3, 23, uh, 21 to 23 says, whatever you do, do unto the Lord. It's the Lord Christ you're serving. And so having your program out there helps us out there every day be reminded that Christ is in all things and that we are simply his representatives uh, to represent his life uh, on earth and to bring heaven on earth as he prayed the Lord's Prayer. That's really what we're to do. Mm. I got to tell you about a conversation I had today. Again, before we get talking about your book, The Joseph Calling, but I had a conversation today with a group of people in a county just north of here. A county called Pasco County. And I sat in a table with a group of business people and government officials and pastors, 
And they sat down and talked about the coordination and the effort of the church. And I say the church, not a specific church denomination. I'm talking about the Church of Christ in Pasco County and the intercorrelation of all the different things that the Lord is weaving together. And if you had been at that table, you would have been amazed as I was and how the Lord is moving and connecting all these different pieces together to minister to those coming out of prison, to minister to those coming out of out of drug rehab, to minister to those who are homeless and get them jobs and and to provide teeth for them and, and just all these different organizations coming together as a fine-tuned mechanism, as Christ called us to be unified, it was amazing. And all these people understanding, whether it was a government official, or whether it was a business owner or a pastor, they all understood that our workplace is our mission field. And it was, I have never been in a meeting where everybody in the meeting understood it. They didn't need me to tell them. It was, it, you, would have been, you would have loved it. Well, you, you, what you see is there the fruit of some of what you and I and others have been doing over the last 15 years that it finally reached a level of penetration of helping people really wa- now walk it out. Well, and, and it, it is because of guys like you that have been that really laying down the pavement for years talking about this. But let's talk today specifically. We've talked about so many different things when we've had you on the air, but specifically today, you've just spent the last couple of years and really the last two decades living out the Joseph calling. You've written a book finally about it called The Joseph Calling, which is out right now. People can get a copy all over the place, but I know they can get a copy on your website. Which website? I wasn't sure which one you want me to plug today, so you tell me which one to plug. Yeah, I would go to thejosephcalling.com, and there they can actually uh, download the first chapter for free and also get a free ebook. That's the josephcalling.com. And they can also order the book directly off that, that page as well. That's fantastic. Okay, the josephcalling.com. That's what we're talking about today with Oz Hillman. All right, so since you've been speaking about the Joseph Calling almost since Gunnar Olson told you that you had a Joseph Calling on your life. What is a Joseph Calling? Well, Jim, when I met Gunnar Olson, the founder of the International Christian Chamber of Commerce, in uh, uh, July of 1996, uh, I had been in a two-year season at that time of extraordinary adversity where I'd lost over half a million dollars, uh, 80% of my business, another 170000 from another client, uh, Vice President Levin, taking my second largest account. And then my wife left me, and so within three months, life really changed. And so I was living a very defeated, uh, very shame life uh, as a Christian businessman. And, and when I met him uh, through a uh, recommendation, um, he had taught about the Joseph calling on a CD that I heard. And I said, oh, my gosh, uh, I have to meet this man. And so he listened to my story when I met him in Washington, D.C., uh, that day, and he said, "Oh, you have a Joseph calling on your life." And I said, "What in the world is that?" And he says, "Well, it's a marketplace call in which you go through extraordinary adversity to be a spiritual and physical provider for others." And he says, "You have a marketplace call on your life. You've probably made some mistakes, but what you need to realize is the call is bigger than the mistakes." And so I came in that room that day with a real victim mentality, defeated, and walked out with an understanding. I was in the midst of a process that would ultimately restore me after seven years of being in the 
pit and take me to 26 countries and write 18 books and start writing a devotional that would go to 104 nations. And so God turned that valley of Acor, and I had no idea what was in my future, to a door of hope, which uh, is uh, out of Hosea 2.15, to impact many people. And and, uh, God has restored my life in so many areas, but he deposited something in that season of adversity. And so I I just decided I've been preaching or teaching this in my workshops and so forth for years, but I decided to just focus all my attention on this message and even the six stages that God uses to raise up these Josephs. Well, and, and that's as I was reading the book, and of course, you and I have talked so many times, met face to face. I loved the way you drew the picture out in the book so that everybody could understand these six different stages. And we're going to dig into those as we get into the show today. But let's just reiterate for people, people understand, because there are people out there right now that are listening to the show that have a Joseph calling on their lives. And, and so let's just reiterate. So it's a specific marketplace call where you said it both impacts them spiritually and physically, but go ahead and give your definition a little bit better of what a Joseph calling is. Uh, I think it's a marketplace call of someone who's gone through extraordinary adversity where they're really identified with that adversity, and through that adversity they become a spiritual and physical provider to others. And just like Joseph uh, went through his adversity, he was elevated to influence the governmental mountain, if you will, mm-hmm. and uh, be a spiritual and physical provider. Uh, the Bible says that Joseph became the father to Pharaoh, so he had a spiritual relationship with Pharaoh. And then he was able to uh, provide resources to Egypt when he, God gave him a dream and a strategy. Oz, this book that you've just come out with, it's just been released. Martha sent me an email. She says, don't be feel bad that you don't have bootleg copies, that it's, you know, be excited that you got Oz on the air. I, I, I didn't mean to give you a hard time about the fact they got released early. I'm, I'm sorry. I got in trouble. My wife, Martha, called me. Say, hey, you still be happy. I am happy. I just love being able to say I got bootleg copies. All right, so this book, The Joseph Calling, it's really your heart. It's the passion of what you've been sharing for 20 years. It, it's it's when you when people say, tell me your story, Oz, this is your story. It's incredible. Talk about how the Lord has used this, just in a little more detail, has used those seven years in your life, those six stages, how he used that time over the last 15 plus years. Well, Jim, you know, I was a pretty driven businessman, uh, and, uh, you know, I didn't realize what I didn't know. And, you know, sometimes we have things happen in our life that are consequences of some of the issues in our life, and and that was part of what I went through. And so the crisis uh, helped to bring it to the surface. And so as I went through that seven years, I was... Uh, I also say that that was my character-building years because God allowed me to see some issues in my life that maybe contributed to some of my Joseph Pitt experience, not all of it, because I think it ultimately was a consequence of the call, just like Joseph's was not totally because of his immaturity, but it was actually a consequence of the call of God on his life. And so God used those adversities to bring me into awareness of some of these things. And so um, over time, I began to see things, and, and I began to recognize that so often God brings us into the larger story 
through some type of crisis. And that's, that's how it started with Joseph. You know, he was thrown in the pit. Paul was blinded. Uh, and then Luther, you know, Martin Luther, he, he put those, uh, uh, those messages on the door. And uh, as a result, uh, it started the larger story of his life. And uh, so we need to be aware of that, that that's stage one of the crisis. And so we, uh, we need to realize that there's a process that God takes us through in this, these uh, very stages of the Joseph calling. And we're going to dig deep into those stages as we, as we go through the day-to-day. But let's just talk about this from the beginning of the Joseph calling experience on your life and the, and the end of that first seven years, the, 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 the end of the significant adversity at first. Tell me, were you a different guy? At the end of the adversity? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people would say, I, you know, I was no longer controlling. I didn't you know, get angry with stuff. I, you know, had a different perspective on money issues. I, yeah, it, it was absolutely uh, a transformative process. And I think that's what God's after. He's really more after the character of ourselves so that we can be trusted with a larger vision. Right. And so this whole process is designed to bring us into the larger story of our life. And that's what God was doing with Joseph. He was taking him from, you know, out there being with the, the sheep, if you will, to really bringing him into a larger story of his life. Well, we got thousands of people listening today and to the, pre, the, the rebroadcast and to the podcast later on that are in the marketplace, and they're hearing it for this for the first time, and they may be going, yeah, this doesn't really resonate with me, but I have seen this, this Joseph calling on my friend's life. They just seem like, it's like they're going through this really, really tough time. Did it help you at all when you were in that really intense adversity period for people to come up to you and say, I think you got a big call in your life. I think God's preparing you for it. Did that help or did that tick you off? Well, you know, I I had an interesting statement from some people during that season that one of them said to me, my God, God must love you a lot to entrust you with these adversities. And he says he must have big plans for you because he doesn't waste adversities like that. And, uh, you know, I had another person say that the, the depth and width of your adversity is often proportional to the influence you're going to have in the larger story of your life. And both of those really became true. And then one other person said it's important that you walk through this season successfully because a lot of people are depending on you to do so. But you didn't know that, though. Wait, but you didn't know that, Oh, no, I thought that was a crazy statement. I said, what in the world are you talking about? You know, who's depending on me? Right, I mean, you're you're at a spot where you're at the the lowest point in your life, and, and people are telling you that... It is critical that you're faithful through this experience, that you need to learn everything you need to learn because people are depending on you, but you didn't know. But as it turns out now, up to this point in time, millions of people have been influenced by your testimony. I mean, how staggering and how, how humbling is that? Well, and I started writing the uh, devotional TGIF Today, God is First, toward the end of that seven years. And I was, I was writing really to myself, and I was reflecting a lot of the things I was learning, and I was sharing it and being very vulnerable with what I was going through. And uh, as I started sharing that with people, people started writing back and said, gosh, this is exactly what I'm going through. You wrote my mail today. You, you spoke right into my heart. And I would hear this message many times every week. People from all over the world started writing, and uh, I had no idea. And so I began to see, oh, 
God is actually using these adversities to advance his purposes. Uh, and that's really, when people you know, try to understand, hey, I need to know who I am in Christ. I need to know what the calling is in my life. His number one interest in us, God, our Heavenly Father's number one interest in us, is our relationship with Him. He's not really interested in all the really cool stuff we think we could do for Him. He wants our heart, our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then He could do something with us. And that's really what this Joseph calling is all about, isn't it? Is getting total dependence on God. That's exactly right. And and that was the first thing that Gunnar Olson said to me. He says, now, this is all dependent on you pressing into the Lord with all your heart during this season if you're going to see God manifest himself and, and take you to the fulfillment of your Joseph process. And that would be the encouragement I have for your listeners out there is if they find themselves in, in their own pit, uh, what they need to do is really press into the Lord, spend a lot of time in the Scripture uh, spend time praising God in your devotional life and even serving other people during this time because a lot of times this process can can cause you to go into a place of depression and hopelessness, and it's important to have people around you during that time. What kinds of people have you seen go through this? Like, describe the kinds of marketplace influence they have, but just... like. I just a terribly worded question. I apologize, Oz. Oh, I know what you're saying. Okay. You know, I, I, I wrote about three different people in the book. One of them was a Swedish businessman, uh, not a Swedish, but a, a man from Switzerland. And uh, he came from a wealthy family, but a, a, it was a family business that failed. And uh, he was really shaken up by that. And uh, But uh, he had some money left over, and he began to... Uh, decide that he was going to use that to impact other people in uh, the Ukraine uh, to help those people that were coming out of the Soviet Union and not having any understanding of enterprise and how to how to start a business. And so he created something called the Business and Professional Network, and uh, that became a real ministry for him to serve people in that country. The other thing he did is that he he had always had a heart to do something very unusual in the in the hotel industry and so there was a a hotel that was going bankrupt in the Swiss Alps and he took it over and totally redesigned it to create and attract young wealth and uh make a long story short the the hotel became so successful that it became voted hotel of the year and uh, he also started a uh, community center in his hometown for Christian ministries to use it and even live there. And so here is a guy that went through his own pit experience, but God has used it to change his heart and use him as a steward of resources to for kingdom impact. And there's a few other stories of uh, Josephine's in there, uh, even my wife's uh, Josephine story. And, uh, but it's they all share how you know their pit experience and then how God brought them out. What I love is that it, it, the best perspective is to understand that if you've got a Joseph calling on your life, the Lord is allowing you to go through a very dark time so that you will be completely dependent on him when he gives you a task that is way bigger than you could ever accomplish on your own. 
and he wants to be able to trust you with the power that comes with that, the responsibility that comes with that. He wants to make sure it doesn't go to our head, that it's being driven by our relationship with him. And that's really the understanding. That's my perspective. Did I, did I get that right? That's exactly right. That is exactly right. And we just kind of take it to a deeper level in the book and trying to explain some of those concepts so that people can really, you know, it's it's one thing to go through adversity, but it's another thing to understand there is a process that's biblical that many people go through, and many leaders went through that process. Well, and the the six stages in the book just released by Oz Hillman, is, uh, The Joseph Calling, is recruitment, character development, isolation, the cross, problem-solving, and networks. Oz, why don't you just give a little preview into recruitment before we go to break? Well, recruitment is that I've, I noticed that many leaders— uh, started the journey of their larger story through some type of crisis. Joseph thrown in the pit, Paul blinded by Jesus, uh, Martin Luther when he posted the thesis on the door that began his home journey, uh, even Martin Luther King uh, who, um, you know, responded to uh, a woman who uh, failed to give up her seat on the bus and ushered him in as a 26-year-old into a larger story of his life, uh, David uh, and Goliath. So all of these people had some type of an event that ushered them in to a process that would be their larger story. All right. Oz Hillman, this, is, this book is powerful because it's really your whole story. It's really your whole—it's what the Lord's taking you through the last— 20-plus years. As we look at these six stages, let's just kind of go through them and describe them, and I want to ask some more specifics after that. Talk to me about the recruitment phase again. We talked about it right before the show, or right before the break. Talk to me about recruitment stage again. Yeah, the recruitment stage is the first phase, and God recruits the individual to their larger story, or uh, usually through some type of crisis event, like Joseph being thrown in the pit, Paul being blinded, uh, David at Goliath. You know, there's some defining moment that usually ushers them into a process. So then that process, the beginning, the next stage in the process, would be what you called character development. Yeah, so Joseph went through that uh, that recruitment process, and so he's thrust into many years of adversity, first being as a slave, and then it, it, even being wrongfully accused. And uh, so he was betrayed by his brothers, and, and so God used that to re- re- remove the pride from his life and uh, really season Joseph. And yet God blessed Joseph, the Bible says, in those environments. He had the greatest spiritual authority in the places where he was. In fact, favor came to every place where he was. And that's something that our listeners need to listen to uh, and apply, is that you and I are usually the people that have the highest spiritual authority in our workplaces, and because we often are there among many unbelievers. And God will bless us there and give us favor as we... Uh, really seek to reflect his glory and his presence in our life. And so the Joseph character-building phase, uh, you know, happened to a lot of different people. David had to flee Saul's sword, and so he had his own uh, process of character development. And, of course, um, Paul, you know, being thrown in prison so many times, he had plenty of character-building required of him. So usually God is working on character during that Joseph Pitt period. 
So talk to me about then. So the character development. Anytime you hear that, it's like praying for patience. You know, like character development. Because <laughs> nobody ever prays for patience because that's too scary. But this is really something that the Lord does. And character development takes time. And I think that's part of the what people need to realize is that this is not an overnight process because character development takes takes refining and processing and there's and there's there's through the fire in order to be able to make sure your character is really developed but really that's part of isolation is the next stage how does isolation fit into all of this you know that's an interesting one because when i began to notice uh, the lives of people many people got isolated and during that isolation god would often turn their messes into messages and right, say that again. Say it again. Turn their messes into messages. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's right. And then to messengers. For instance, um, Joseph was in prison, and uh, God would speak to him and give him prophetic words. Uh, probably the best example might be David, who was thrown in the cave of Adullam, and he wrote three psalms while he was there. And, uh, you know, I think of John Bunyan, who was thrown in prison for 12 years, and he wrote Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, you look at Isaiah and Jeremiah. Even uh, the Apostle John was on the island of Patmos and wrote the book of Revelation. And uh, in my own journey, I was in a period of isolation myself, and uh, that's when I began writing the devotional TGIF Today Got Us First. And... Um, and so God was making a deposit, and uh, when he makes that deposit, he turns it into words and also messages, and ultimately, in all those cases, he turns people into messages often. And a lot of writing comes out of those isolation times in the lives of people. And, those, and, and so many people resist the isolation, but it is in those quiet times when we are devoid of self that the Lord can speak to us most effectively because we are so emptied. Uh, and it, it just, but we got to move on to the cross stage. So this is, you know, you, you put the title at the top of the, the, the chapter on the stage four of the cross. Every leader must experience the cross through betrayal. And you put on there at the uh, page uh, 133, betrayal is God's graduate level course for leaders. What do you mean? Well, again, as I looked at many of the leaders, you know, you see Jesus betrayed by Judas. You see David betrayed by Saul and then his own son. You saw that Moses was betrayed by Korah. Uh, Job was betrayed by his own three friends. Uh, you know, almost every character had some type of betrayal. And I think that what Jesus was after is to find out if his leaders are going to model what he did, and that is wash the feet of Judas and uh, love your enemies, bless your enemies, forgive those who have wrongfully accused you and wrongfully hurt you. And uh, that's a hard one, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, it's really hard to forgive people who are the source of pain in our life. And yet that's exactly what Jesus asked uh, us to do. I often say, you know, many of us are passionate about wanting to serve God, and we want to be God's man or woman. Uh, in fact, we're willing to come to the cross ourselves. But the only problem with that is that we could only put two nails in that cross ourselves, and so we need a third person often to put that third nail in. And usually that comes through a betrayal to bring us to the end of ourselves. 
And, and you use that example, uh, that that description in the the story. When I read that, I'm like, ooh, ooh, that's just that's just awful. Because betrayal hurts, and to forgive those people that have betrayed us, and a lot of times, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times, those are people that call themselves Christians who have betrayed you. Not always, it, it, not always, but sometimes. You move then to the to the uh, problem solving stage. Well, first, let me just say this. We're talking today with Oz Hillman about his brand new book just released called The Joseph Calling. I want to thank Cheryl for calling in from Sun City Center and April for calling in from Mulberry. Thanks for listening to I Work For Him. We'll get these books out to you as fast as we can, but thanks so much for being part of the I Work For Him nation. All right, so Oz, you move on to the next stage, problem solving. What do you mean? Well, the first three stages of recruitment, character building, and isolation is kind of that, prep- and also the cross. So you got four stages there, and a lot of that's really built into making you and transforming you into the person God's really wanting. Uh, but then in the problem solving, we start seeing the fruitful side of our calling. And uh, problem solving is something that should be a part of every believer's life. Jesus was a problem solver. Uh, every time he came in contact with somebody, he solved some type of problem. When he met uh, Peter for the first time, he solved his fishing problem. When the disciples had to feed 5,000, he solved that problem. When uh, Lazarus died, he solved that problem and brought him back from, from the dead. And then uh, even those who were sick, he often healed them. And so his influence grew as a result of problem solving. And you know, culture doesn't care who solves their problem. They just want their problem solved. And if you solve that problem, you gain influence. And they look to you and entrust you with more. So you look at Joseph. He, he solved the problem of the, the, a starving nation. Uh, Daniel he solved the king's problem with a dream. Esther solved the problem of saving Israel from, you know, annihilation. And uh, so, and you look at all the scriptures and you see where God uses people to solve problems. And finally, God takes you through the last stage, which is networks. And I like to just call it networking, but I love the, the, the under, the subtitle on this chapter, God works through unified networks to build his kingdom. And, and I love this. It, it was on page 166. For the first time in many years, we're beginning to see the remnant, that the remnant have righteous anger to be part of the solution to bring God back into our nation. And, and it's true. People are finally realizing that our nation, the church, let, lost the cultural battle because we isolated ourselves from the culture that desperately needed us. And yet there is a movement among the body of Christ, and you and I are part of that movement, to unify, regardless of denominational strongholds, as I like to call them, because I think they really are part of the enemy, regardless of denominational strongholds, to bring the body of Christ together to bring Jesus to our culture. I mean, is that what this networks is all about? Well, it, it's rooted in John seventeen twenty one when Jesus was praying, he said, I pray that you would be one as me and my Father are one, that they might believe in me. And uh, so networks is uh, seen in the scripture in a lot of different ways. It starts out even with the the Trinity of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then Jesus, and then twelve, and Daniel and his three friends, and Joseph and his twelve brothers. Uh, all of these were networks designed to accomplish something greater than by themselves. I think of even William Wilberforce out of England, who had uh, 
something like 69 world-changing initiatives that changed England. And they had a group of about 18 that walked together called the Clapham Group. And uh, they were people that were uh, social reformers, uh, Christians who had a heart to see uh, the uh, disenfranchised uh, cared for. And, uh, of course, after 30 years of work, they were able to abolish slavery in England. And so I think we need groups like that in our nation, that uh, Christian groups that uh, roll up their sleeves and say, how can I leverage my talent, uh, tools, and resources and relationships for a greater purpose? So that really describes the six stages. And I know we just went through that very, very quickly, but people need to get your book. Go to thejosephcalling.com, thejosephcalling.com, get your own copy, and start reading this to understand the call that the Lord has on your life. I want to ask this question, though, Oz. A lot of times as Christ followers, when we're in the midst of something really deep and ugly, and it's a desert experience, and and we try this whole self-deliverance kind of thing, where we try to get ourselves out of that proverbial black hole. Did you try doing that? Oh, it's a, it's a natural thing to try to do that, um, but unfortunately, it's uh, often a futile attempt until God has completely uh, done what the work in he, that He wants to do in us. And you know, uh, there's an Old Testament example of of uh, this where you know the the Israelites were going into the Promised Land, and uh, the they met the Gibeonites. And they thought the Gibeonites were travelers, and so they didn't uh, take time to ask God about them. They ended up making a peace treaty with their enemies and uh, had to enslave them. And so many times that's what happens to us when we're in the pit. We try to do anything. We'll we'll, uh, have a relationship with an ungodly person, or we'll make a deal, a quick-fix deal that we think is going to get us out of our pit, and we only create a deeper well. And so it's important that we... Uh, really stay vertical with God in that season so that we can experience and and see what God's trying to show us. I tell you that when when it's time to come out, uh, you won't have to do a lot yourself to do that. You'll start seeing the circumstances change. But in the beginning, so many people go through what I call the, the black hole. And the black hole is when you can't punch your way out of a paper bag and everything you do turns to mud. And uh, it's just a, it seems to be the first part of the Joseph Pitt process that you go through. But I tell you, when I started coming out of the pit, I started seeing circumstances change. I started seeing favor come toward me. I even had a windfall of money come to me in the seventh year in the same month that I went into it that allowed me to get debt-free. And I ended up remarrying, and God began to birth this ministry. And uh, so when he starts to bring you out, you'll know it. And when he starts to bring you out, you will have a different level of relationship with him, too. Oz, Joseph isn't the only one that experienced adversity in his life in the Bible that's demonstrated for us that brought him to a place of total dependence on God. Weren't there some other characters that went through that same experience? Well, absolutely. You've got Moses, you've got Jacob, you've got David, uh, you've got Paul. All of them had some type of kind of Joseph process in their own life. And, you, you know, I actually show you in the book the six stages that each of these characters went through so you can see the pattern that was similar with other leaders in the Bible and even modern-day leaders. 
When yeah, and and the pattern's the same. I mean, really, when you look at your life, Oz, and you look at who you were before the Lord put this call on your life and started executing the adversity, the pit experience, the desert experience that you went through for over seven years. Two questions. Number one, is the training ever really complete? And number two, would you go back to who you were before? Uh, that's not fair. <laughs> so um, uh, what I what I see happen with, with leaders is I think that Joseph, kind of the, the deep pit experience, is is kind of something that we don't really repeat because it's it's too extreme, but I do see where we go through other little pockets of training and other things that God's uh, creating another message in our life. Uh, I know I've gone through that my, my in myself, and after those seven years, I've had kind of many many pit experiences, not to the depth that, of the first one. Um, but um, the second part. What was the second part of the question? Well, would you? What you know? Are you still? Are there oh, still would I go through it again? And, and no. Would you trade? No. Would you, <laughs> knowing who you were before you went through this experience, would you trade who you are today for that guy before this all started? Oh no, no, no! I, 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 I like who I am today a whole lot better than who I was before, and and uh, it's really amazing what God can do in your life through those kinds of experiences, and you know. Um, there are just some uh, things about me that are so different than that. I don't even recognize them as being the same person. Now, for those people that have gone through this or are going through this, offer some encouragement. Let's just say somebody's in the middle of some really dark years, and they just don't understand why everything is falling apart underneath them, and they're learning to depend on God. Give some words of encouragement to those people today. Well, the first thing you have to say to people that are in their pit is that uh, this too will pass and hang on and take one day at a time. Sometimes you got to take one hour at a time because when a major crisis happens and information gets thrown to us that we just have a difficulty coping with, uh, the tendency is to say, well, what if this happens, you know, or we start projecting the future. And any time we start projecting outcomes for the future that we don't know about, um, that usually brings us into a place of depression and hopelessness. And so we have to avoid that, and we have to try to keep things on a short leash as it relates to what we're thinking about and what we see happening, and just try to get through that day. And, uh, you know, as the as Jesus says, each day has enough to take, take care of itself, so don't try to project in the future. And uh, what I find is that, you know, just when the uh, the apostles were in the boat and they looked out on the water, uh, they thought they saw a ghost, but that wasn't a ghost. It was actually Jesus. And it led to a great miracle of Peter walking on the water. But at first glance, it looked like anything but that. And that's so often what happens with these crises, you know. And, uh, you know, certainly there are crises that that um, it takes years to get over, losing a loved one in an accident or a child or, you know, those kinds of things are kind of a different animal. Uh, but when it comes to, to marketplace stuff and things that God shakes our world for that, those things can often be recovered from, and God will actually make it better than before.
Yes, amen and amen. Oz Hillman, thanks for bringing your book, The Joseph Calling, out to all of us. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for being part of an amazing movement of God for all of us out here in our workplaces. Thanks for being on I Work For Him today, Oz. Thanks, Jim. So enjoyed it. When we... Yeah, as we come to the end of another show today, we got to bring you today a brand new book, The Joseph Calling. And so many of you out there are going, why is life so difficult? Why am I struggling so much? Why does it seem like I can't recover? You need to get a copy of this book, The Joseph Calling. It, do not despair. The, our Heavenly Father has you wrapped up in his arms, but you need to understand it a little bit. It's something that is so key. Get a copy of The Joseph Calling at thejosephcalling.com. And maybe you're one of those people coming out of your Joseph experience, and you need to, you want to know, how can I be a change agent in my workplace? Oz has got another organization called the Change Agent Network. Check it out at marketplaceleaders.org. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace... It's definitely my mission field, but ultimately, I work for him.